Hi, I'm um, Gavin Giovanoni, Professor of Neurology at Barts and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry. And after quite a long break over the Easter holidays, I'm back with a very common sense uh, podcast uh, from MS Selfie. Please be aware that MS Selfie is an initiative to try and prompt or help you to self-manage your multiple sclerosis. Uh, today I'm going to be talking to you about a waist-to-height ratio, which has been promoted as a new index for metabolic health uh, and how relevant it is uh, for people with multiple sclerosis to engage in their own lifestyle management. What's prompted this particular MSLF newsletter is that I have to give a talk on Friday to a neurology meeting uh, about managing or treating MS beyond no inflammatory disease activity. And I've been contemplating what I need to focus the talk on. And I'm going to consider doing it uh, around a healthy lifestyle, which I think is probably the most effective preventive health intervention we have. And for people with multiple sclerosis, this is even more critical because, as you know, MS is a disease that reduces the cognitive and brain reserve. Uh, and by doing that, it actually reduces your ability to cope with aging mechanisms and reduces your resilience when you get older. And so you're much more likely to experience the effects of early aging, potentially uh, early onset dementia or other things that affect the, the brain. And this is why it's critical we have to try and maximize the lifelong brain health of people with multiple sclerosis so they can get to old age with as healthy a brain as possible. So um, I've Given two uh, papers here, the first paper um, uh, is really for the general population, but the people with multiple sclerosis are not excluded. And it just shows you that if you can uh, live a, a healthy lifestyle, it improves your chances of um, being free uh, of diabetes, cardiovascular disease, uh, and cancer um, at age 50. Uh, and it's promoting uh, you know, five lifestyle interventions. So if you're a non-smoker, you stay trim. In other words, you keep your body weight under control. You participate in vigorous physical activity and you uh, keep your alcohol intake down to uh, moderate levels and you eat a healthy quality diet, uh, you will improve your chances of getting to age 50 uh, without those complications. Just published in the British Medical Journal is a second population-based study. Now, this is a a community-based study done in Chicago, the so-called Chicago Healthy Aging Project. And they looked at five modifiable factors, diet, late-life cognitive activity. So this would be doing puzzles or staying engaged with cognitive activities. Physical activities, in other words, uh, how much uh, exercise you do a week, smoking and alcohol consumption. And they created a very simple composite score. You can go from zero to five based on these uh, uh, healthy lifestyles. And it was quite clear that people with higher scores, four or five, um, uh, had much better outcomes in terms of longevity, in other words, how long they lived, but also how long they lived free of dementia. And you may say, well, this has got nothing to do with uh, MS, but it has because uh, what we're looking at here is people getting to old age with resilience, in other words, cognitive and brain reserve, which not only extends their life expectancy, but also extends their life expectancy free of cognitive impairment. And this is critical for MS because MS is a 
factor that reduces your brain health. So you have to take uh, these factors on board and realize that if you want to maximize uh, your outcome, you have to live a, a, a healthy life, well, as healthy life as possible. Um, I also make the point that you should challenge your healthcare professionals because uh, I think we should lead from from a position of uh, uh, strength in, or, or we should take the moral high ground. And unless we as healthcare professionals don't practice what we preach, how can we tell people that we look after to do what uh, they should do to improve their, their, their uh, uh, health outcomes? So, um, you know, I say you should ask your healthcare professionals if they are living a, a healthy lifestyle and to give you advice on what's best to do. Now, it's easy for me to talk about a healthy lifestyle, uh, but it is quite clear that what determines your ability to live a healthy life is often down to social determinants of health. And most of these social determinants are really out of the control of individuals. So, for example, lack of education, poverty, inequality, social isolation, poor lived environment, and living in an area where you don't have resources, lack of self-control, uh, a sense of helplessness, chronic stress, living in a war zone. These are just uh, several of many other factors that make uh, adopting a healthy lifestyle almost impossible. And this is one of the reasons why several years ago we launched a Think Social campaign which is really a political campaign to try and get our politicians to acknowledge the importance of social determinants of health, of health and how, how we can do what we can do as a society to improve the health outcomes of people in general. Another little bit of information has just come out. So on the 8th of April, the National Institute of Clinical Excellence, oh, NICE, uh, produced a... Uh, a draft policy statement where they want us to move away from just measuring the so-called body mass index, which is a ratio of your your weight to height, and to include uh, a new index, which is your waist uh, to height ratio. Now, the reason for this is when you do the BMI, you often miss out on what we would call abdominal or central obesity, which is probably a much more important risk factor in terms of metabolic health than simple uh, BMI. And so they're encouraging you to measure your own waist to height ratio. And I've actually had a little picture in the MSL for newsletter on how you do this. Um, and they want you to make sure that your uh, waist is uh, less than half your height, um, um, which is a rough cutoff between being uh, unhealthy from a metabolic perspective. Uh, and obviously, if you do have a lot of abdominal obesity, this puts you at risk of developing a metabolic syndrome. In other words, impaired uh, glucose tolerance, even frank diabetes, uh, hypertension, and all the vascular disease that goes with that. Um, please remember what's good for the heart is good for the brain. Uh, and the same risk factors that play out against the heart also play out against the brain. And all these risk factors have been shown to have a, uh, a, well, to make MS outcomes worse. So somebody with multiple sclerosis who has one of these comorbidities, you know, are they a smoker, hypertension, diabetes, vascular disease, or high cholesterol, or, dis or abnormal lipids in their peripheral blood, um, they 
do much, much worse in terms of disability progression. Uh, and a wonderful study done by Ruth and Mary several years ago using Canada healthcare data showed that if you have one of those risk factors, you get to needing a walking stick, EDSS 6, uh, about six years earlier than if you don't have those risk factors. So there is, and that six-year gap to a walking stick is probably larger okay, than the treatment effect of our platform uh, MS disease-modifying therapies, the interferons, for example. And so, you know, we were really missing a trick by not focusing on metabolic health and preventing comorbidities, which clearly impact on uh, MS disease outcomes. So this is a really important topic that can't be ignored. Anyway, I would like you to read the uh, newsletter. Uh, if you want to make a comment, I'll put a link to the NICE guidance. It's in draft form. So if you don't like what they're saying, you can comment on it and you can uh, click through on the link. And please uh, feel free to share this uh, podcast or post uh, with anybody you think may, may find it helpful. Um, just to say to you that um, I better drop-off in people subscribing and actually people stopping subscribing to the newsletter and I'd please urge you if you can afford to subscribe and you find them helpful to please do so and the subscriptions are essential for me to continue to uh, um, pay uh, for the medical writer that's creating the uh, MS Selfie microsite I think that's going to be an important development of the MS Selfie initiative because it's quite clear that people don't go back and read all the previous newsletters and if we can curate this onto a indexed well-designed uh, website um, it'll make it much easier for other people with multiple sclerosis to get this information uh, in a way that's easy to find um, just to say the site's designed it's in uh, beta, beta um, testing at the moment um, however the content is still quite and I still got to generate much more content. So this is why I can't launch the website, uh, you know, next week because we've got to make sure there is a little bit of content or enough content, um, um, particularly around the choice of disease-modifying therapies and those questions. I've still got a few posts or newsletters to do on that. But um, we are on track probably to launch in the next uh, three to four months, the uh, beta version. Um, uh, and as you know, this will be a project that won't, will never end, uh, simply because as new information comes on, we'll have to update previous posts. We'd have to put new information online. But anyway, it's a, uh, a project that I'm passionate about, um, helping people with multiple sclerosis self-manage their MS and giving them the right information so they can ask the right questions from their healthcare professionals. Enjoy.